Hello, and welcome to the Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. Today, we are very excited to be offering you a talk from Kara Haney about tone. And before we get into that, we would just like to highlight a few of our offerings that we have available. Our next academy is coming up in June, and we have Ralph Steele joining us for that. Very exciting. Be sure to check that out. Also, we have our Wednesday meetings at 5.30 p.m. We also have our morning sit meditations happening during the weekdays. And we have a book club coming up on May 29th. All of the information you'll need regarding any of those activities is on our website, which can be found at BuddhistRecovery.org. So without further ado, please enjoy this talk from Kara Haney. Today we're going to have Kara uh, Haney offering a teaching uh, called Watch Your Tone, Awareness of Feeling Tones. Kara is uh, a friend of the Buddhist Recovery Network. She's been um, joining us annually for a couple of years, I think three years now. And um, she has been practicing meditation and studying Buddhism since 1993. She has been leading Vipassana meditation since 1996 and originally with women in recovery settings. Kara practices the fifth precept of full renunciation from intoxicants and is 25 years in recovery. In 2013, she helped start Buddhist recovery groups in Santa Cruz and has been a foundational member and mentor for the community. She attends multiple silent Vipassana retreats each year and has been empowered to teach by guiding teacher Bob Stahl. She's currently in the Dharmacharya training with Venerable Panavati. Kara teaches weekly meditation groups and day-long retreats at Insight Santa Cruz and online. And she enjoys tea, cemeteries, new wave, jigsaw puzzles, and is also completing a master's degree in social work. So today we'll be talking about feeling tone. The title is Watch Your Tone, right? Being aware of what this tone is. It's kind of a play on words. But as we know, I mean, I'm kind of, preaching to the choir is that old expression. Life can hurt, right? It can be painful. And we're constantly trying to find some way to avoid pain. We want to get rid of whatever's unpleasant, even the subtle ugh, unpleasanties, right? So many of our actions, many of the ways that we move through the world is to motivate it so that we can feel more pleasant and less unpleasant. But do we really think we can feel pleasant all of the time? Many of us have, many of us have tried that. You know, we've tried that through substances, be it drugs, alcohol, food. We've tried it through, you know, different behaviors, gambling, sex, social media, all kinds of ways of trying to just continue the engagement of entertainment or pleasure. And when we do that, we, we kind of have this like a false belief that we can control ourselves of always feeling only pleasant. But what happens is we lose our, we lose our sensitivity to really feeling and we lose the pleasant and the unpleasant where oftentimes, if you've known this as your experience too, what happens is we feel numb. 
So how to live with the challenges as a human being without numbing out? I mean, can we feel life without all the suffering? And part of this, one of the ways we do this is by knowing the tone of our experience, being, bringing curiosity and being curious about the tone. So feeling tone uh, isn't about the emotions, right? Feeling is a sensation. Emotions are like anger or happiness or love. In Pali, which was one of the ancient languages, and in Pali, the word is Vedana. You may have heard of that before. Vedana is less complex than emotion. And for those of you, my, my Dharma geeks like me, it's derived from the word videti, which means to feel and know. It's the basic dimension of our experience. And we can be aware of it any moment. We can be aware of if our experience is pleasant or unpleasant, or if it's what they say neutral, which means it's neither. It's kind of just in the middle there. And this is with everything, everything that we sense through seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and then the mental activity, the cognizing, right? The thinking and emotions. Everything, all those sense doors, there arises an immediate reaction. And it's experienced that three of these feelings, the unpleasant, pleasant, or neutral. We're often just not aware of it. So for example, pleasant might be thinking of a delicious meal or a warm breeze or something that's beautiful that we see or comfort is pleasant. Unpleasant is we have a cramp in our foot when we're sitting or there's a a sour smell in the room or a self-critical thought, right? A messy house. These could be seen as unpleasant. Neither is a feeling of indifference and it doesn't arouse any response of pleasant or unpleasant. It's less intense. It's not very prominent. This is actually a large portion of our experience. It's just ordinary. And oftentimes we will notice it being boredom. So we try to go to either pleasant or unpleasant. It's a very subjective experience. What I may see as beautiful may be different than what someone else sees as beautiful. And also these feeling tones, they change quickly, like everything. They too are part of what is that thing called impermanence, right? Always moving, always changing. Now to clarify, when we say pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, it isn't that volitional way of thinking of I like this or I don't like this. It's not the opinions, right? And loaded with like choosing what it is we want or some determination. It's way before even all of that. It's almost this guttural knowing. So if something's pleasant, it's like, hmm, hmm. If something's unpleasant, it's like, ugh. And if it's neither, it's like, meh, right? It's that preconceived even commentary. It can be. As we know from the Buddhist teachings, the second noble truth is that suffering is caused by craving. Well, when we further delve into that, craving is said to arise dependent on this vedana, the feeling tone. 
And so we notice the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, these tones of our experience or the flavor of our experience. If pleasant is here, we'll notice as we slow it down, we'll see that craving may arise to continue the pleasant experience to stay, right? This, this energy arises. We want to make it stay. If unpleasant is here, the craving is for something different, a different experience to arise. And if it's neutral, then this might just be boredom. And again, we want to know that we want something that's more activating for us. Yeah? An example that I can give that I've experienced is um, often I'll have discomfort in the body when I sit for long periods of time because I have scoliosis. So when I'm, my left hip will have this, I used to just call it pain. And as we know, whatever our relationship to that word is, aversion automatically arises. And then all the stories and the beliefs around the pain of Kara. But instead I started investigating and it took, this doesn't just happen in one sit, this takes time. Again, it's a practice. And I started noticing and being curious about this thing I call pain. First, I want to know, okay, this left hip, what is that? Oh, there's sharpness or there's warmth or there's tingling. I started breaking down the characteristics of what is the actual sensations I'm feeling. And I would notice what this mind would do is that when things would get really unpleasant, the mind would kick off into fantasy. And all of a sudden I'm off somewhere uh, there's, a, I don't know, probably 20 favorite fantasy stories that I could be off in. And sometimes I wouldn't catch it. But then with practice, I would catch the fantasy slowly arising and I could just notice it without getting entangled in it. And coming back to all oh, like just here, the unpleasant is here. And noticing the unpleasant change too, where even in my hip, I noticed there's place that's space. There's, it feels like spaciousness and it's not unpleasant, right? It is such a fundamental teaching of the Buddhist teachings that it's in a lot. It's in like the Satipatthana Sutta, it's in, he talks about it in the five aggregates. There's all these ways where feeling tone is brought into the teachings too, so that we can contemplate, so we can investigate and see for ourselves. But why? Why would we even do that, right? It seems like it takes time, yeah. A lot of these things that are good for us take time. <laughs> because feeling tones often control and drive our behavior. We react to the feeling tone and we follow them to either do something or not to do something. So in this way, we are being controlled by the feeling tone, a sort of autopilot, right? Or another way of seeing that is like a sleepwalk through life. And if you're like me, one of the reasons why I came to this practice is so that I could wake up and not go through habitually through life in that co-pilot mode, right? So it's crucial that we're aware of this push-pull because also this push-pull of, oh, pleasant, and then I act from pleasant or unpleasant, I act from unpleasant. That in itself is a tension that creates suffering. So it's Skillful that we recognize that knowing this for ourselves helps remove confusion and it brings light to the root of our habitual reactions so that we can respond rather than react. Because like I said, we're often lost in the stories, the beliefs, the opinions. 
But when we explore the feeling tone, the felt experience, the sensation, there's just the experience, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. All those obsessions, the commentary, whatever we're preoccupied by, it just falls away. I heard it once this way by Dharma teacher Sebene Selassie, that when we do this, when we open to the feeling tone without all the thinking, without all the likes and dislikes and all of that, right, weaving of the stories, and when we're able to be in the experience of what is happening without an opinion, we can respond with creativity and less reactivity. And if we look at those two words, this was the cool part I thought, here's the Dharma geek in me again. Creativity and reactivity all have the same letters. The only difference is where the C is. The C moves. So what exactly is the C? The letter C, what is it? It's curiosity. Curiosity is an expression of wisdom. And that's what the call is for here. It's to be curious. To be curious to understand, to see what is the tone? What is the flavor? What is underneath all of this? Recognizing the patterns really simplifies a lot. It brings clarity to our experience. And this practice takes patience, persistence, and sometimes it may seem boring. It's not entertaining enough, right? And we get to see that too. Those are all learning points. So as we know with the Buddhist teachings, um, and on this path that, you know, don't believe what I say. You can read the books, you can hear the Dharma talks, but this is an experiential practice. Hi, I'm Vimla Sara, President of the Buddhist Recovery Network. Our mission is to help promote the use of Buddhist teachings and practices to help people recover from the suffering caused by addictive and or compulsive behaviors. Our organization is a volunteer-run nonprofit which has expenses. We offer free monthly live teachings on the Academy free resources on our website, and all our podcasts are free. We also organize a bi-yearly summit 
where many of us come together. We rely on the generosity of you, our listeners, and our interviewees in order to produce these offerings. We are asking you to donate to help with our expenses. Thank you. And to show our gratitude for your support, all Patreon supporters will receive access to special guided meditations. To unlock these, please offer your support by going to patreon.com forward slash Buddhist Recovery Network. Again, patreon.com forward slash Buddhist Recovery Network. Thank you so much for your generosity. May all beings be free from the roots and the causes of suffering. May all beings be at peace.